2: And there is still so much reaction to Joe Biden at the U.N. Everybody is talking about it around the globe. And many people are talking about it as a missed moment that could be very fatal for history. And tonight we're going to be talking about that because so many people are very concerned about what's happening with Russia. We are hearing in the last 24, 48 hours that Putin is definitely stepping up the rhetoric against Russia. This is a really frightening time, guys. And as I'm looking at everything that's happening, and you are seeing Vladimir Putin feeling like he's kind of like pushing a box, he is basically worried clearly about his reputation, much more, I think, than uh, what happens to his military forces, sadly. But if you look at what's happened in the last, like, two weeks or so, the Ukrainian forces have been gaining ground, and they've had some good successes at taking back a lot of their territories. And so starting in the next few hours or so, Putin is going to try to do this like sham referendum to try to annex some properties, uh, some areas in Ukraine to basically say, oh, no, 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 they're Russian land. And then in addition to that, we're also seeing Vladimir Putin saying that he is not bluffing when it comes to nuclear weapons and boy, is that a scary thought that nothing is off the table. And I'll tell you something really scary that really, to me, deeply concerned me. And many of you know that I have a lot of strong ties in that area. My father was Polish and I have been to Ukraine. Um, so I know that border region right there with Poland and Ukraine and been into the both countries Spent a lot of time, of course, in Poland. But there are so many huge issues tonight uh, that really talk about world peace. I mean, this is a really big deal. And we are hearing Vladimir Putin really bluster, but also many people for the first time, I think, at least in a few months. I mean, the war has been going on now, believe it or not, over six months. But many people in the last 24 hours are deeply, deeply concerned that Vladimir Putin may be basically planning to maybe use something substantial in his arsenal because he's so worried about the way that the war has now turned. He was hoping, as we know, to kind of like go through and basically level Ukraine and get to Kiev in, what, three days, remember? And boy, that didn't happen. And the Ukrainian people have stood up and fought like lions. I mean, they have been valiant. They have been courageous. They have been amazing. And we have seen in the last few weeks that they've taken back a lot of territory. And, you know, for somebody like a Vladimir Putin, he doesn't like to be embarrassed on the world stage. And so his comments that came in the last 24 hours or so where he basically said, you know what, Uh, nothing's off the table and, quote, I'm not bluffing. When you hear that kind of a comment, uh, people now who are familiar with Putin are saying there is maybe a 30 to 40% chance that he may try to use some sort of tactical nuclear weapon potentially in the next few weeks. That is a stunning, stunning statement from people who in the past were like, Oh, he's bluffing. He's not really, you know, going to do anything. Uh Now, many people who are familiar with him and his mindset basically have said nothing is off the table with this guy. And you can even see what he's doing within his country. He is recruiting hundreds of thousands of men to sign up for the military. And there's a lot of people that are, like, trying to get the heck out of Russia. There's this mass exodus out of Russia. Do you blame them? Because they're just trying to uh, get out of the country because they know what's happening. They're being sent to the slaughter. You know, to go out there and fight in Ukraine. And there have been protests in the streets of Russia and a whole bunch of different cities. We've actually even seen some video of it. All of this is an enormous embarrassment to Vladimir Putin. You can see that his base is starting to crumble. And yet this week, when Joe Biden, the president of the United States, had this opportunity to speak at the U.N. and essentially really firmly rebuke Putin... He did say, yes, he's a threat to the world, but he didn't really say anything that would dissuade Putin from doing something that would just be even more severe than he's already done. I mean, what he's done already is abominable. But no one really believes that anything Joe Biden has said when he was before the United Nations at this pivotal moment in history, that there was anything that Biden said that's really going to change the shape Of Putin's plans. And that to me is scary, heartbreaking and downright dangerous, because this is the time you need a president who can emit strength. You need a president who somebody who wishes to do America and other, you know, freedom loving countries across the world like Ukraine. You need a president who basically the bad guys are worried about. They're worried about, gosh, what is that person going to do? What is that person going to say? Uh, What could he potentially do to me? Um, How, uh, you know, maybe I shouldn't go into Ukraine to begin with. I make the contention, and a lot of people have said this, by the way, Republicans and Democrats, that if Trump was in power, there is a very strong chance, I believe, that Putin never would have invaded Ukraine. And here we are. Six months later, with a weak American president, and this drip, 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 drip of supplies, this drip, 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 drip of money. I'm not contesting that they don't deserve it, because all of you know, I speak my mind. I firmly believe that we should try to give them everything we can, 1,000%. Um, but we should have done it to begin with. We should have, like, said to Putin, not that, hey, if there's a minor incursion, maybe we'll let you come in. You know, they gave him basically a green light. That's what Biden and his administration basically did. They didn't scare Putin to worry about what could happen if he went in. And guess what? He went in, as we know. What about also sending tons of supplies? We should have sent tons into Ukraine right away. Maybe he might not have invaded then. But the problem is, I think the die was cast. He saw what happened in Afghanistan. He saw what a dismal withdrawal our American president did from Afghanistan. He saw all the problems that happened. He saw all the issues that came about as a result of all of that. And the fact that we left billions upon billions of dollars of equipment that's now in the hands of this enormous terrorist group that's reconstituted there in Afghanistan. So he saw that. He said, okay, great. You know, I'm going to take advantage of this situation. He saw a guy who was like all over the place on China. He saw a guy who keeps getting corrected by his own White House. Every time he makes a statement, they keep correcting him. So given all of these different dynamics, Putin saw a moment. And I don't think it's good, obviously. I wish that we had a president that had a firm grip. And I wish he also had this peace through strength doctrine that President Trump used to have. President Trump used to believe, you know what? I want peace, but I'm going to admit strength sort of a Reagan doctrine, if you will, that guess what? If you come close, we're going to do X. But in the meantime, let's look at diplomacy. But there was none of that. This president basically was like, ooh, I'm not sure, I'm not this, I'm not that. And guess what? Now we are where we are in what could be one of the most dangerous moments in history. We may be on the cusp of it, and very likely, as a result, of what's happened and the fact that this president had the world stage, the whole world was watching. And yeah, he goes after Russia. He does all this other stuff. But guess what? He also talked as much about being tough on Russia as he did about fighting climate change. I mean, to me, that is unbelievable. You have this moment on the world stage and you've got one of the worst actors in history Who's sitting out there saying, well, we may use nuclear weapons. Nothing's basically off the table. He's recruiting, you know, 300,000 plus people and he's ready to like go full throttle even more than he's already committed some of the worst atrocities ever on Ukraine. And our president goes out there before the world, the whole world's watching, including, you know, Vladimir Putin and everybody else. And he just says, oh yes, Russia's a threat. It's not a good thing. Um, and then he moves on to talking about electric cars and windmills and everything else. I was so embarrassed. And I also was so heartbroken for history because to me, he has opened the door. And now what does Putin what is Putin's reaction? He's going to be like he's laughing all the way to the bank. He's laughing because he's selling oil. And he's also not seeing anything from this president that would ever dissuade him from going in. He's seeing sort of this lackluster effort. He's still selling oil. He's getting sanctions, but it's not that much. So tonight I want to hear your thoughts. How concerned are you of where this is headed? And how concerned are you that Putin may ultimately decide to use maybe some low-level nuclear tactical weapon? There's a lot of concern about that tonight, and that to me is deeply, deeply troubling. I want to hear your thoughts. Do you think we are entering a dangerous phase? And do you have any faith that this president is going to be the person to stop it? Do you think that Joe Biden could handle what are enormous stakes, not just for Ukraine, but for the world? And this could never be a bigger test, I think. I mean, we're looking at that. China's looking at Taiwan. I mean, there are so many things that are on the plate. And this president is just kind of tiptoeing through the tulips. And that is a scary place to be. 1-800-848-9222. one Here's a little bit of President Joe Biden talking about after Russia. Now let's talk about climate and windmills. And let's talk about Gavin Newsom and electric cars. Give me a break.
3: We helped get two-thirds of the world GDP on track to limit warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius. And now I've signed a historic piece of legislation here in the United States that includes the biggest, most important climate commitment we have ever made in the history of our country, $369 billion toward climate change. That includes tens of billions in new investments in offshore wind and solar, doubling down on zero-emission vehicles, Increasing energy efficiency, supporting clean manufacturing.
2: Did you hear billions upon billions of dollars? We're at a time right now where the economy is tough. You see it every day. You go to the grocery store. They just raised, again, the the interest rates. They are skyrocketing high. And he is talking about spending hundreds of billions of dollars all towards this green energy plan that right now is putting us in tremendous, tremendous peril. It is astounding to me that our president is focused on that and that he uses his speech at the United Nations to talk about electric vehicles, electric cars, windmills, all these things. I'm glad he talked about food and poverty and food insecurity, because that is a huge issue, especially as it relates to Ukraine. But he should have had the same teeth, if not much more, on Russia than he did about windmills and electric vehicles. And why is he even talking about spending all this money right now where we don't have the cash? And if you're going to spend the money, spend it to win in Ukraine, not this drip, 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 drip that this president has been doing from the very beginning. one 800 848 one 800 848 nine two 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 let's go to jc in pennsylvania on five jc your thoughts okay this, this, something so wrong about all this let's face it
4: the shades of evil and darkness are upon us okay he is he is part of the darkness if you think of it this way rita he's let the taliban in okay he's let russian come in he's let the immigrants come in he's let the, the criminals take over the city they let the prisoners out of the, out of the jails. Okay, everything's totally wrong. This president should have went there and said, Look, he's preaching to all these countries who are just they're they're scraping to get food and heat and energy and he has the audacity the audacity to talk that he's gonna waste all this freaking money on fucking green excuse me, language on green climate deal. This is so, so wrong. He should have wondered, if he was a real leader, he would have said, you know what? This this meeting has to focus on saving the world, okay? Saving the people in the world, making sure that they have enough heat and energy to get through this winter, that so they have enough food to get through this winter. He's talking about electric vehicles? What are you going to put? Electric tanks? On the, on the war field? Are they crazy? That's going to fall in the wayside. That ain't going to happen. Electric vehicles are going to fall flat. People can't afford it. They can't afford food. They can't afford heat. They can't afford energy. You see, uh, Germany, Germany was trying to get rid of nuclear, okay? No. What's going to be happening is they're going to bring back coal. They're going to bring back gas. So I don't know where he's coming from, okay? but
2: he's totally wrong. And you know what, J.C., his policies have put them in like a dire situation. Like if I were these other world leaders and I know that even though they may not necessarily respect Joe Biden, but if I were these other countries, I would say, wait a minute. You know what? Uh, You guys are the leaders. You guys had all this oil. I would be going, why are you not drilling in your country? Why are you putting us in this dire crisis situation when all you had to do was basically leave the same policies that President Trump had in place? President Trump had energy independence. We would have had energy dominance on the world sphere where everybody would be begging for us oil and we would be selling it to places like Germany and everywhere else right now. And then Putin would have no leverage But yet not only and you brought up some great points there, J.C., because not only has this president um, talked about, you know, all the things you brought up, he's also cut our energy supplies off, you know, with the Keystone and all these other things and cut off the world market, too, by doing that, because we were really so independent and able to also sustain for ourselves. We would have been able to supply not just us, but the world with so and then we could have just shut Putin down, but this president not only what's so bizarre, uh, JC, is not only in the middle of all this he cuts off Keystone. The other thing he also did at the same time that didn't get that much attention, he basically greenlighted Nord Stream Two, which allowed Russia to create a pipeline going from Russia directly to Europe, sort of circumventing Ukraine. So like like it's like he helped Russia hurt us, and now it's like the rest of the world, everybody, if I were any other country, I'd be, first of all, you know, not only am I angry as an American, but if I was any other country that is going to now be in dire straits and already is, I would say, what the heck are you doing, President Biden? Why are you not opening the spigots? What's wrong with you? Uh, JC, that that kind of conversation needs to happen behind closed doors or, more importantly, in public, because it is out. Rageous, J.C., thank you very much. We're going to continue with your calls after the break. 1-800-848-9222.
1: The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system.
2: And coming up, we are going to have one of my favorite segments that I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, our Back the Blue where we honor our great men and women in law enforcement. Meantime, we are talking about Biden's very tepid speech at the U.N. that was so lackluster, barely anybody's talking about it. And if they are, uh, they're also talking about another moment where he was like walking away from the podium and he couldn't figure out like which direction he's going. That was at one of the events surrounding the U.N., uh, by the way, Nancy Pelosi just a few minutes ago uh coming out with a statement basically saying, uh, I'm not sure if he's going to run. Isn't that interesting? She said, you know, I'm not going into politics about whether the president should run or not. That's an astounding statement from the House Speaker of the same party of the sitting president. He's heading into the midterms, and even the leaders in his own party don't want to talk about whether he's going to run or not or whether he should or not, like it's some... Uh, Trick question. The answer should be yes and yes, but they see what we all see, that he is just lame, not a lame duck. He's lame. one 800 one let us go to Michael. Line two, your thoughts, Michael.
5: These are my thoughts, Rita. You are right. There's a good chance that Point might use a small tactical nuke, and the reason he would give for using it is because we, Americans, bombed Nagasaki and Hiroshima. We used two atomic bombs. And the day that th- that happens, he's going to use us as an excuse of why he cannot, he, sh- he was allowed to do it. Now, I want to tell you something. To the Ukrainians who are listening, for those of you who are Democrat Ukrainians who voted for this president, not only did you betray USA, you betrayed you, your,
6: uh, your country that you came from, Ukraine.
2: Wow. 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 Michael, you know what? It, it, it is so disappointing to see the way he's handled this. I agree. So disappointing.
1: This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back to Blue.
2: And in tonight's Back the Blue segment where we honor our great law enforcement and also their families. A powerful story coming from Oxford, Mississippi, where Officer Ortiz has received an award and was hailed a hero after saving a baby who was choking in Mississippi. Now, the incident happened last week in the city of Oxford, Mississippi, which, by the way, is a beautiful city. I've been there I did a big Hurricane Katrina concert in Oxford, Mississippi. It's gorgeous. Uh, and officers were called to assist with a baby who was struggling to breathe. Now, in video of the incident, Officer Ortiz can be seen arriving outside a house before running towards the baby, calmly taking it and giving it a few firm blows to the back before the baby starts making noises, seemingly after dislodging an office, uh, an object. Uh, she was also honored, the officer, for saving the life of the child. Also got a chance to meet the family, too, whose uh, baby it was. And they said, amazing work from this officer. This is a parent's worst fear. And I am so thankful that this officer was there to save my child's life. What a powerful, powerful statement. And it just goes to show the very difficult and very emotional situations that our officers are in across this country every single day. And how beautiful uh, that this officer saved this young baby's life. And that's why we always love honoring our men and women. And that's why we back the blue. Well, we are talking, of course, about Biden and his speech before the U.N. There were certain moments where I thought, OK, he's going to really stick it to Putin because We have one of the worst actors in world history right now. We have this man who clearly wants to do harm to the world, not just to Ukraine. And you have literally evil. And what do you do when you have evil smacking you in the face, saying that I'm not bluffing? Everything's basically on the table. Well, Biden at first opened up and I thought, okay, maybe he's building to some moment where he's going to say, hey, I think we should kick him off the U.N. Security Council. Here's what we can do to isolate him. Here's what we could do. Here's what we could do to basically isolate those who are still funding him after all this time. If you're funding Putin right now, what the heck is wrong with you? If you're China or you're North Korea or you're Iran, you see what's happening, the war crimes, and you're still buying his oil or providing drones or doing whatever the case is, it is shocking. But no, he didn't call out those bad actors, nor did he call out the evil that is Vladimir Putin. He did make some comments, and this was maybe his toughest moment. Take a listen. This is the beginning of Biden speaking at the speech at the UN.
3: Just today, President Putin has made overt nuclear threats against Europe and a reckless disregard for the responsibilities of the non proliferation regime. Now Russia's calling calling up more soldiers to join the fight, and the Kremlin is organizing a sham referenda to try to annex parts of Ukraine, an extremely significant violation of the U.N. Charter.
2: All right, so it violates the U.N. Charter. So I thought, okay, is he going to say, why do we have this guy as a permanent member? We need to take tough action. Here's what I suggest. He didn't say anything. He just kind of like rambled, rambled. And even his even his diction, the way he said it was like, is there anything in there that an evil monster like Putin is going to say, oh, gosh, you know what? That's that really scares me. Here's a little bit more of him talking about Russia and Ukraine.
3: Like you, the United States wants this war to end on just terms, on terms we all signed up for, that you cannot seize a nation's territory by force. The only country standing in the way of that is Russia. So we, each of us in this body, who are determined to uphold the principles and beliefs we pledge to defend as members of the United Nations, must be clear, firm, and unwavering in our resolve. Ukraine has the same rights that belong to every sovereign nation. We will stand in solidarity with Ukraine. We will stand in solidarity against Russia's aggression. Period.
2: We will stand in solidarity with Ukraine. That's great. Absolutely. As we should be standing. But what are you going to do about it? That's just words. You are the leader of the free world. You've got a guy, a madman, who is about to potentially unleash tactical nukes on Ukraine that people say, Could happen. And now that's the best you can do? That's the best. I mean, his tepid language led up to this moment and opened the door in many, many ways. His minor incursion come and all this other stuff. And then now we're at this precipice, this moment, where the world is looking for incredible leadership and courage. And that's what you got from this president? That's the best you got? And then he made this turn, and this is where my jaw dropped. He made this turn to basically say, you know, I was way wait- He starts talking about, oh, there's not a lot of time. And I'm thinking, OK, good. He's going to get tough. He's going to basically say, don't you dare support Russia. Don't you dare do this. Don't you dare do that. He's going to maybe level the volume, start pounding his fist, do something that we haven't seen him do you know, and then take some action that might have some impact on Putin, where he goes, well, maybe I don't want that. Maybe I don't want to be kicked out of the U.N. Maybe I don't want any of these things, right? But no, he basically says the time is ticking on the climate crisis, not Ukraine. Take a listen.
3: Our investments will also help reduce the cost of developing clean energy technologies worldwide, not just in the United States. This is a global game changer, and none too soon. We don't have much time. We all know we're already living in a climate crisis. No one seems to doubt it after this past year.
2: No one seems to doubt it. The, to- the clock is ticking. Guess what? The clock is really ticking for the people of Ukraine. The clock is really ticking for them, buddy. It's not ticking because they're worried about a windmill or an electric car Or any of these other things that you're talking about. The clock is ticking because they're worried that Putin may drop a tactical nuke. And this is the best you got? To me, this is astounding. He had more expediency on the way he talked about green energy than the way he talked about Putin. How scary is that? Pray for Ukraine after this guy. And take a listen. Here's a little bit more. Talking about the human toll. Uh, And I thought, okay, he's talking about maybe he's going to start talking about the refugees. He's going to talk about those fighting, the courageous people that are fighting on the free, you know, on the front line for freedom of their whole country. No, no, no. He's talking about the cost of climate change. Take a listen.
3: This is the human cost of climate change. And it's growing, not lessening. So as I announced last year. To meet our global responsibility. My administration is working with our Congress to deliver more than $11 billion a year to international climate finance to help lower-income countries implement their climate goals and ensure a just energy transition.
2: Is there anybody, when you think about the idea that Vladimir Putin could potentially use all weapons at his disposal, Just conscripted. He's in the process right now of trying to get 300,000 able-bodied men to rush into Ukraine because he's so humiliated that Ukraine has taken back territory. Is there anybody out there who thinks, wait a minute, let me see if I can plug in my electric vehicle. Let me see if I can get a windmill first. Is there anybody who thinks that that is a greater priority than basically peace in Ukraine and world peace? To me, this is shocking and disgusting and downright dangerous. 1-800-848-9222. one 848 uh, Let's go to Robert, line two. Your thoughts, Robert? Hi. What do you How think, Robert? You? What do you think?
7: Uh, well, I think that this president doesn't have a mind to be out of. In other words... You have to look at the man and what he is actually all about. And he's about nothing. He has no substance. Let me ask you, this is the best of the best. This is the best. Best that the Democratic Party could put together. This is the number one Democratic Party. This is the best that they have to offer the United States. This is ridiculous. The man cannot form three sentences in a row. He doesn't know where he is. He doesn't know where he's going. If they don't prop him up and give him cue cards, he's totally useless this is a scam this is a shame this is terrible you can hear it in the caller's voices they're so exasperated they don't know what to say they don't know how to say it they're so fuming because they cannot believe that this man is representing the united states he is so unqualified he is so he needs to be home reading a book having the sun shining on his face and just relaxing and enjoying his later years of his life. He's not qualified to run the country, the greatest country in the world, the best country in the world. He has he talks about green energy, green. And he's like the world is crumbling around us and he's talking about what we need to do. Let me tell you something. My son is 25 years old. I went to the Natural Museum of Natural History with my son when he was five, and he stood there crying after we came out of an expo- expo- exposition. I can't even talk. Exhibition, yep, I got an yeah. exhibition, yep. <laughs> he was watching a polar bear floating away on a 12-inch piece of ice, and they were talking about global warming, and the polar bears are dying. And we walked out of there, and he was in tears. And He said, Daddy, we're killing the polar bears. And I looked at him, and I said, you're five years old. We're not killing the polar bears. This is the same thing I saw when I was five years old. We're not killing the polar bears. The polar bears
2: are surviving. This is what they want you to believe. And and it also, by the, the way, and Robert, I love animals. So 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 I, I, you know, we all do. But but you I know what's do. insulting, Robert? What's insulting is that to have a president who's talking about the polar bears and just like you brought up a great point it's influencing the next generation too you know because um, that that's how your son reacted but can you imagine we are literally on the cusp of something you know sadly um people are deeply deeply concerned of what putin's going to do i mean this is serious yeah. stuff and, he's about to so annex a part of a country starting tomorrow potentially so with a referendum either, a sham he's
7: attacking. He's attacking the people of Ukraine. We are watching him do that, right? And we don't know. We don't. Our president doesn't know what to do. Oh, they need planes. But we can't give them planes because if we give them planes, then we're implying that we want to help them. So we can't bring the planes to them. I got an idea. Bring the pilots to the planes and let them fly the planes to the Ukraine, and then we didn't give them the
2: planes the pilots give. There's so many – it's common sense. And, and okay, Robert, also, to- Robert, be a leader. I mean, that's the one thing, too. Like, the world is desperately is looking, looking for is leadership. Looking,
7: is looking at him, and do you think that they're looking at him, Rita, and they're saying, what a great, strong president. What what a marvelous man. He's, he's showing strength. He's showing leadership. We feel confident in his decisions. We know that he is leading the world. We are America. Let me tell you something, Rita, and you already know this. If America isn't making it, the world isn't making it. We are the leader in the free world and in the non-free world. America is where it happens first.
2: One thousand percent. Robert, I one thousand percent agree with you because you're right. If America doesn't lead, then we're all in trouble, not just America. But you're right. They are desperately looking for somebody to take command of this situation And this guy can't even figure out which exit off the stage. I mean, that was the other thing. He gave this bumbling, fumbling speech that had no passion in it, uh, no teeth to it. It was just like vacuous words. And again, he had more passion about green energy than he did about kicking out Putin or threatening Putin or telling Putin, don't you dare go there. You know, I mean, it's just unbelievable. And to me, my heart broke because I thought, oh, boy. We're in tough times with this guy. And then he goes and does a speech before a group and he can't even figure out where's the chair? Where's this? Where's that? I'm thinking Putin's like, boy, America is a disaster. I mean, you know, I don't want someone to be taking advantage of America, but they're looking at it going, this place is ripe with that guy. And that that's what really saddens me, Robert. You want them to be scared of what America and the rest of the world is going to do, because that's the only way you're going to stop a despot. Go ahead real quick, Robert.
7: You, you want them to respect America and you want to be respected. Let me tell you something. If they wanted to end the war in Ukraine before it started, all they had to do was give the Ukraine temporary status in NATO for six months on a probationary period because they weren't good enough to join nato so we can't have them join nato no 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 let's give them six months to join nato they would have been part of nato and if they would have invaded the Ukraine, Russia, they would have been breaking everything that we had with NATO. But no, NATO wasn't strong enough to say, OK, we'll give you six months. No, 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 because the Ukraine is too corrupt. We can't have them. Well, the Ukraine is too corrupt because of people like the Biden family and all of their indigo and what they did with Ukraine and all the money that they got of Ukraine and all the things and the energy and the people and and his son Hunter working on the gas companies and getting these salaries for Well and Robert up. by the
2: way you had about you had a lot of points there because there's still a lot of unanswered questions you're right about Hunter Biden and Burisma and so much more I 1000% agree with you Robert thank you you're terrific thank you let's go to Phil real quick Phil line 1 your thoughts Phil
8: Boy, that guy sounds like a long-winded career Democrat politician. <laughs>
2: but, yeah, but but he had some good points. By the way, I like the polar bear on on the ice floating well, away. It, That's how I feel about already, Biden.
8: <laughs> yeah, we already we already know about that stuff. But but the point is, look, this this whole thing. I'm a Vietnam-era vet, and I'm very hip to it. I'm so, I'm, I'm seventy-two years old, and I, I, I've seen it all. And I'm going to tell you something. It's the same thing like Vietnam all over again. You've got an invader, you got China backing North Vietnam, here you got Russia uh, backing forces going into the country, you know, uh, nerfs, mercenaries, what have you. Look, look, this is, this is a proxy war, plain and simple. Biden's doing this for two reasons. He knows that if the country is ravaged, they ain't going to produce any crops. They're not going to produce what the world needs. That helps the Democrat agenda. You make people suffer. That's the whole point of that. The thing
9: wait, is, well, now,
2: wait, wait! So let me just ask you to understand, explain that, Phil, and I'll, I'll I'll give you more time too. But I just, you believe what? Like having them, what? Like dependent? Uh, that that's part of the mindset of that they'd want people to be more dependent, what on America or other countries, or what's the mindset behind uh, not having the grain that we all need? And and boy, you know that is it is a huge dire circumstance.
8: Yeah, the whole point is, if you starve people, they 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 become afraid. And when they're afraid, you got them at an advantage. The thing is, this country. Phil, you know, I don't need to be starving.
2: Just, I can take a look at Biden and I'm afraid. What about you?
8: Well, well, look, look, the point is that the Ukraine and the, the related areas nearby, they were producing a, a third of the world's grains. And they were, they were giving these grains out to, at, a, at a reasonable price to the various countries, the, the third world countries. Now they can't do that. These countries are starving. I I prove I that fact very easy. The
2: no, thing one, is, by look, the way, one thousand percent. So let me just ask you, just to stay focused, Phil, because you do have such great military background. Um, what? How do? What do you do? How do you handle a Putin at this moment? I mean, there's clearly so many mistakes made prior to this that I could list off from this administration, and, and I contend Afghanistan. Many people believe, and in fact, there was a story just in the Washington Post where basically, I believe it was Washington Post, I think it was Washington Post, where they basically said that they, that Russian officials saw what happened in Afghanistan and they said, boy, this is the time to like go in and, you know, take over Ukraine or whatever else we want to do. Because if this guy's going to do this to Afghanistan and leave Americans and allies behind, they basically said this, you know, projects weakness. And this no, is a no, weak no. president.
8: No, no, that's not the case. The case is this. You've got all these, all these uh, NATO countries. They're heavily armed. These are no-joke countries. And by the way, they've been supplying Ukraine a lot of stuff. So, so much for that idea. They, to make them a temporary member, you can't do it. It's not legal. You can't do it under the, under the NATO charter. Either you're in or you're not. Right. The no, absolutely. We've given, NATO and us have given enough armaments To the Ukraine, they could they could beat the hell out of us. I'm telling you, we gave them 155 millimeter howitzers. We gave them a thousand or two of those. We gave them 150 thousand rounds of ammunition. These shells are five feet tall.
2: So where do you where do you see this going, Phil? Or actually, do me a favor, Phil. Hang on, because I'm going to go to a quick break. I'll continue with you after the break. Stay with us, Phil. We'll continue with your calls, everybody. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two.
4: The Rita Cosby Show.
2: By the way, in the next hour, we're going to continue with your calls on this, this outrageous, lackluster speech before the U.N. by our commander in chief that I contend was a huge missed opportunity. And it may be a lot more than that, depending what Vladimir Putin decides to do in the next few days or next few weeks. We are really, I believe, in a historical moment. And our president doesn't seem to know what to do. Also, we're going to talk about a member of the squad, Rashida Talib, who, by the way, was grilling some CEOs this week over are you going to continue donating or having any role with any companies that are tied to fossil fuels? Speaking of which, uh this crazy squad policy of like, oh, gosh, if you're anything to do with the oil business or fossil fuels, you're a pariah, you know, and, and he took her to task. She also made some outrageous anti-Semitic comments and to me, it's just it's disgusting. Something needs to happen to these sort of uh, rogue members of the squad. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Phil, um, let's continue with you. Phil, sorry about that. Um, where do you? What do we need to do to put Putin in his place? Just real quick, what do you think, Phil?
8: Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Two reasons. Very simple. He will not use nukes. I, I I know this for a fact. Khrushchev back in the sixties did the same thing. He went to the UN and said, We will bury you. He took off his shoe and started slamming it on the desk and he was screaming, We'll drop an A bomb on Washington. These, these people talk. Why then why is he trying to recruit three hundred thousand new soldiers? And by the way, those soldiers are not combat ready. They've got these are not even soldiers. These are these are young men under the age of forty who are gonna gonna have to be trained. They're going to have to be taught tactics. It's going to be three months to six months before they even get near the, near the front lines. And See, you got to remember and, one and thing. And by the way,
2: Phil, Phil, you are talking, though, as somebody who has a great seasoned experience as a veteran. Um, and, again, as you talk about with Vietnam, you certainly know what battle is. Where I contend is I think in this place, uh, Putin is crazy enough. He doesn't care about his men. I don't think he needs to train them. He's just going to send them in. That's what Russia typically does. And I don't think he really cares. I think he may try something. I hope, by the way, that you are right, though.
1: The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
2: Show later on in this hour. We are going to talk about these outrageous anti Semitic comments uh, that Rashida Tlaib, one of the members of the squad, of course, from Michigan Congresswoman. Uh, these are some of the comments that she made that are just outrageous, basically calling Israel an apartheid state, one of our greatest allies, the greatest ally for sure in that region of the world. And you've got a downright anti-Semitic member of Congress and she's not alone. So what do you think after all of this at a time where things are so sensitive in the region, should there be some repercussions when a member of Congress speaks out? Don't you think there needs to be some sense of appreciation for our allies? And when the stakes are so high, Israel's worried what's going to happen with Iran and everything else. And we've got a member Of the squad. And by the way, the squad also with the defund the police, with the stop with fossil fuels. It's like the list goes on and on. And they're representing America. It's like, where are these values? And so much when I sit there and I hear their policies, you see that they still have a hold on Joe Biden in many ways. Because clearly his speech at the U.N., he starts talking about windmills. The world is worried about Putin. And he's worried about pushing an electric car. To me, it is such a staggering contrast, and I think it's put us in just such a serious situation. Meantime, here is Vladimir Putin making what many people believe are some of his most serious threats yet on Ukraine and the world. Take a listen.
10: And those who try to blackmail us with nuclear weapons should know that the prevailing winds can also blow in
1: their direction.
2: And then he further added...
1: I want to remind those who allow themselves such statements about Russia that our country also has a variety of weapons of destruction. And if the territorial integrity of our country is threatened, we will, without question, use all the means at our disposal to protect Russia and our people. This is not a bluff.
2: This is not a bluff. How do you read that? Well, President Biden, in his big address to the world... This is one of the most pivotal moments. There he is. He's got all the leaders, all the heads of state. They're all watching him because, of course, U.S. is such an important, important leader of the free world. And this is basically, I thought, where he was about to go, but he just kind of throws it out there. Take a listen. This is basically one of the toughest things he said.
3: Let us speak plainly. A permanent United Nations Security Council invaded its neighbor attempted to erase the sovereign state from the map. Russia has shamelessly violated the core tenets of the United Nations Charter. No more important than the clear prohibition against countries taking the territory of their neighbor by force.
2: So he said that, and then he moved on. And started talking about windmills and didn't say, okay, we're going to, like, try to maybe remove them from the U.N. Why do you even have a United Nations when they clearly have no teeth? And this is what Emily Campagno on Fox News, uh, one of the hosts there on, of course, outnumbered during midday on Fox. This is what she had to say about Biden's speech and also what he didn't do. We talk about how actions matter, right? And what actions do we have to go on? Well, he he
11: granted a visa to a would-be Iranian assassin, right, Right. so that he can attend this General Assembly this week. We have that. We have the fact that his refusal to call out by name the countries that have aided Putin in his invasion, as you pointed out. Where was his condemnation of Iran and China during his speech? He spent more time on climate change than he did on a condemnation. We've seen his actions to the tune of finances, but what about detailed actual support of Ukraine? We've been lacking that, too. So His speech left much to be desired in the way of strength. And when you juxtapose that or when you when you lay it against his actions, I have nothing but to be disappointed as an American
2: citizen. Yeah, a tremendous disappointment. And this is stunning. Take a listen. This is what Rebecca Koffler, who was like a Putin expert, one of the foremost ones in the world, had to say. She said, guess what, that President Biden basically removed something that could have served as a deterrent for Vladimir Putin. And she believes this specific action that Biden also did, in addition to killing us with oil and, you know, stopping the spigots and all that other stuff, she says this particular action really hurt us in our standing against Putin. Take a listen. Putin is not afraid
11: of words. Putin is a cra- afraid of actions. And unfortunately, the Biden administration canceled the one program that was authorized by former president, the 45th, that struck at the heart of Putin's so-called escalate to de-escalate nuclear doctrine. The Biden administration canceled the sea-launched nuclear cruise missile that the, uh, President Trump authorized for our own forces. And that way, the one deterrent that Putin was afraid of is eliminated now from this chessboard that Putin is uh, gambling with.
2: Great. So he eliminated a sort of a m- weapon system that might have served as a deterrent to Putin. He shuts off the pipeline. So he's made us oil reliant We're opening up our strategic reserves and giving them not just to ourselves, but to other countries that are in dire crisis because of our policies. I I mean, like, where, what else? I mean, it sounds like you might have the squad leading this, you know? I mean, this is really, really crazy policies. Leaves our Americans behind, opens our border. The list goes on and on, and you kind of go, We are so vulnerable in so many different directions right now. And I think that's why Americans predominantly in some of these new polls are showing overwhelmingly they are concerned at where this country is headed. And they're concerned what could happen next because they don't feel like they have a strong driver in the White House. And this is really ominous. Rebecca Koffler again. This is what she had to say. It's very interesting. You know, She was asked a couple months ago. When Putin was making sort of similar threats, do you believe that he will do this? You know, is it bluster? Is it reality? What, what is it? And she's like, oh, no, it's bluster. He's playing a game. He's doing this. She gave a very different answer a few hours ago. Take a listen to this chilling response. I believe, John, uh, that there's
11: over 30 percent chance that Putin will use tactical nuclear strikes wow. in Ukraine.
2: Wow. I believe there is a 30% chance, she's saying, that he may use it. This is one of the foremost Putin experts in the world who months ago was saying, oh, he's bluffing. Because she believes right now, given the dynamics with Ukraine and given the weakness of our president, that combination is extremely dangerous. 1-800-848-9222. one 800 let us go to Mike. Line one. Mike, your thoughts.
9: Hi, Rita
5: Uh, Rita, you know, it's it's common sense. Biden is working with Putin because in the beginning in Afghanistan, he left $86 billion worth of equipment there. That equipment was left there on purpose. It was left there on purpose so that we could not give that to the Ukraine people. So Biden left that. uh, He's a traitor. As as far as I can see, that is evidence right now that he should not be impeached. He should be indicted as a traitor because he left those weapons on there so that we couldn't give them to uh, uh, Ukraine to use against Biden. But also now we're using our uh, equipment to give to Ukraine and we're being left with no ammunition again. Obama and Biden left us with no ammunition before Trump took over, and, and Trump went, kept saying, oh, we have no, wep- we have no ammunition, uh, sir. And now oh, the Obama, the uh, Biden, or whoever is in charge now, which is uh, Joe Obama, they, this administration left those weapons over there on purpose so that they cannot be used against the Russians. That is treason. And yet nobody in the Senate, no Republican is bringing this up or is is, is, is saying that, oh, when we're elected in November 22nd, we're going to not impeach him. We're going to indict him for treason.
2: Wow, you're hardcore there, Mike. You are, like, really, really hardcore. Now, by the way, I do have to correct you on one thing because all the Ukraine stuff obviously happened after Afghanistan, well after Afghanistan. Um And we pulled out. But you make a great point that all that weaponry that we left behind, imagine if Ukraine had even like a piece of that, you know, they would be thrilled to have just even like a drop of some of that weaponry. And you're right. I think that was such an enormous, catastrophic mistake to leave that weaponry. And I still don't understand, guys, you know, and I'm not a conspiracy person, but the fact that we suddenly left that kind of weaponry behind. It's like, why? Why would you leave that kind of weaponry? Why would you let them open up the prison in Bagram that has some of the worst of the worst terrorists and go, see ya, and then leave billions of dollars of -of state-of-the-art U.S. weaponry behind? You couldn't put them on some of the planes? They easily could have put some of them on the planes. They didn't. Why did they intentionally leave so much of it behind? Either they're stupid, and that could be the case, or two, Maybe they were giving it to the Taliban as some sort of, like, deal, some covert deal of something. You know, if we give you this, maybe you won't do X or whatever, but they haven't told us what that is. Uh, I mean, I, I fail to believe that someone is that dumb that you would arm some of the worst terrorists in the world. Although, what I've seen of late, maybe they are that dumb. 1-800-848-9222, one 848 Let's go to Norman, line 6. Norman, your thoughts.
6: Yeah. Hi, Rita. Well, it's clear by his U.N. speech that our weak and feckless president is more concerned with globalist woke politics than averting Armageddon. So pray for the return of our MAGA king. But until then, look for the flash and duck and cover.
2: Wow. Norm, you you, you know what? You kind of summed it up a lot there. Um why do you feel concern of this commander-in-chief? Because I agree he seems to put, as we just heard at the U.N., here is this. I mean, this really is a historic moment, and this is a very mm-hmm. dangerous moment in the world. And you're right. He's sitting there spending time talking about, you know, green energy, all this woke stuff uh that seems so unimportant, especially at a time. And I'm all for, you know, you know making the planet as great as it can be. But not at a time where I'm thinking of an evil despot unleashing potentially a nuclear weapon on these uh, courageous people there in Ukraine. That's a serious conversation. And to me, it's like, how could you be veering off within like a few minutes talking about windmills and electric cars with almost more fervor than you were against somebody who invaded another country? Nor, I mean, even his delivery was just like so lackluster there's nothing in his delivery there was nothing in his verbiage there was nothing in his actions i mean that's a scary time norm what do you think what's your what's your reaction to sort of a you know i'd give it like a d minus e minus you know even i can you go lower than an f
6: well this president is a puppet of the globalists of barack obama who is really our president susan rice and the democratic party and he's weak and he's, and they don't care, uh, about, uh, I just don't, I don't think they care about, about, about the welfare of the United States. And, uh, they're just following a path to hell. And, uh, that's all I got to say on that. Why, uh, Biden obviously is, uh, he has a dementia and, uh, he just says what they give him to say. Yeah, and that's
2: scary because whoever's leading him is leading all of us into a dangerous dangerous situation. And if you don't have somebody leading at the top, the world is looking for like, okay, who's going to take control of this situation? And that guy can't even take control of which exit to leave on the stage or where to sit down on the chair. I mean, if he, you know, it just it, it is embarrassing and it's downright frightening. Norm, thank you. Let's go to Alice in Cincinnati. Alice, your thoughts?
12: Hi. Well, first of all, Rita, and thank you for taking the call, U.N. stands for unnecessary. And I agree with Norm. Uh, Biden isn't running the country. We don't know who's running the country. I still firmly believe that Barack Obama and his minions, who are still in the White House, are running the country. I remember when he accepted the, uh, the nomination, he said he was going to fundamentally change the United States of America. This is Obama's third term, and they don't care. Tlaib and this woman Bush and AOC, and there's a woman who shaved her head from Boston, They're they're anti-American. They all need to be called on the carpet. They all need to be censured. Bernie Sanders, he's a communist. Why are these people making decisions for our country.
2: Yeah, and I feel like like I want to know who are the people electing these people who are constantly, you know, criticizing America and bashing our allies like Israel. I mean, it's like some of the rhetoric is just so disgusting. It's like it's not who you would expect to be a sitting member of Congress, and there needs to be some sort of repercussion. Or, you know, who are the voters that are going out to vote, that continue to vote? I mean, there was that uh, just recently Ilhan Omar uh, another member of the old squatteroo. Um, there was a vote for her. Remember, there was, you know, there was a pro, there was a primary. Um, you know, you kind of, you're like, okay, well, uh, are they going to get re-voted in as, you know, and you're like, oh, they did, you know, or at least, at least they made it through the primary, you know, and, and that's happened in a number of these other places and people, we're just shaking our heads. It's like, who is voting? Who thinks that that's a good thing for America? That's a good thing for their individual state. I mean, Rashida Talib represents Michigan. You know, I mean, if you're sitting there, I, you know, I know a lot of people in Michigan. I don't know of anyone who thinks, okay, it's a good idea to bash one of our greatest allies at a time where they're vulnerable with Iran. I mean, boy, uh, these policies are so out of whack. Uh, Alice, thanks so much. I appreciate it. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222.
1: The Rita Cosby Show.
2: Coming up, we are going to be talking about Rashida Tlaib, a member of the squad, who basically said, you know what, uh, the apartheid state of Israel right now, doesn't that sound like someone who's really nice about one of our greatest allies, they're worried about Iran and nukes, and she's sitting there bashing them, and she's a member of Congress, even some Democrats are outraged, that's how bad it is, that even Democrats are upset at one of their own. So I contend something should happen. Uh, she should at least be censured or, you know, somehow, um, you know, some sort of removed from a committee or something that at least sends a message that you have to represent the United States and represent America's interest. I mean, what who is she talking to? Meantime, I want to play a little clip. This is uh, from a new edition of our new podcast. We have a brand-new podcast. It's called Protecting America – and every week we talk to people who are doing things to keep our country and our world safe. We talk to Victoria Coates on this new one. She's amazing. a Former Trump Deputy National Security Advisor, also of Heritage Foundation. This is what she had to say about the difference
13: of Biden's leadership style and Trump vis-a-vis Putin. In many ways, what President Trump was doing was advancing a policy of peace through strength. Putin knew he was serious. What are, to my mind, (laughs) apocryphal rumors that President Trump told him he would bomb Moscow if Putin invaded Ukraine. But, you know, that's kind of hyperbole. But Putin knew there would be very serious consequences to any kind of action like this, and he didn't do it. And instead, now, you know, we have this really dangerous situation where we know he doesn't respect the president of the United States. He doesn't fear him. And, you know, to date, Has not seen the United States take the truly crushing measures we could take to win the war in Ukraine. So, do you believe that
2: Vladimir Putin sees President Biden as weak and may capitalize on that and may do something sadly dangerous even more than he's already done?
13: I think the invasion of Ukraine, Rita, is proof positive that that's the case. He wouldn't have done it otherwise. Now, the good news, if there is good news in this scenario, is clearly he miscalculated. And what he miscalculated on was the will of the Ukrainian people to fight back for their country. They do have a nationalistic spirit. They do consider themselves something more than just part of greater Russia. They do have aspirations for better relations, both with Europe and, you know, the United States and the West.
2: Wow. Very big difference between the way Biden and Trump handle issues and handle dictators, boy. And now here we are in a really bad situation. Real quick, Don, um line 6, your thoughts, Don.
10: Personally, I don't think Biden's in charge. I am still a registered Democrat <clears throat> because of past affiliations. I haven't changed my party uh registration, but I got a letter the other day from President Obama Asking me for donations to the Democratic National Party. Wow, Why we, isn't real President quick, Biden asking me for donations?
2: Real quick, would That's you vote Democrat I'm again, saying. yes or no? Never. Wow, very powerful. We're going to have more after the break.
1: The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes.
2: And in tonight's support, our hero segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, a powerful tribute coming from Manhattan City, Kansas, not Manhattan, New York, but Manhattan City, Kansas, where Kansas State University honored a member of the military during a pre-football game ceremony at the Bill Snyder Stadium. Sergeant Major Antonio Gonzalez operations director with the mission command training program was awarded the Medal of military excellence and a president emeritus Myers corn by K state prior to the football match between K state and Tulane university, a beautiful coin honoring his service. Gonzalez is a K state alumni member and former football player and was presented the award by the university's president. Uh, he said, uh, the uh, the coach of the team i've been most proud of what sergeant major antonio gonzalez has done since leaving k state and getting invested in service and boy has he in a big way after graduating from k state gonzalez enlisted in the army as an infantryman later he decided to join the army's elite special forces which led him to work in south and central america he also would go on For four tours of duty in Afghanistan, Gonzalez would later earn the Silver Star Medal, the third highest honor in the military for defensive actions in Afghanistan against a Taliban attack and for rescuing four Afghan soldiers while under enemy fire. What a beautiful, beautiful story that they're honoring him, this incredible American hero. And I always love doing this segment uh, because we get to honor our great military, but also their families, too, as well. Also, by the way, everybody, I want you to know that I am proudly supporting the Tunnels to Towers 5K Walk Run New York City again this year. It's on this Sunday, September 25th, and I need your help, everybody, because we want to raise as much money as we can to help our brave veterans you know that the Tunnels to Towers helps those who have been very, very deeply injured, also their families, also Gold Star families who have sadly paid the ultimate sacrifice by losing a loved one. Tunnels to Towers does such incredible, incredible work. And they also honor so many emergency workers and also very much led by the spirit of Stephen Siller, because, of course, FDNY firefighter who lost his life as he went into the Towers on 9-11. And his brother, Frank Siller, is in charge of the Tunnels to Towers Foundation. It's such a great organization. I can't say enough about them and how important this great, great foundation and organization is. Here's what you do. You go to com. Walk.RitaCosbyOnline.com and donate to my team. I am trying to raise the most money on the Red Apple Audio Network again because all the money goes to the Tunnels to Towers Foundation. Thank you for supporting America's Heroes. This is one of the biggest walk runs in the country. And please donate and do whatever you can to help these great American heroes and their families. Walk.RitaCosbyOnline.com. Walk. Rita Cosby online.com. Well, you know how much I care about this country. And I think it's so important, especially if you're in the United States Congress, that you speak well of the country and that you try to speak well, especially of our allies, especially at a very sensitive, tenuous time that's happening in the world. Well, that seems to be tough for members of the squad these days, including Rashida Tlaib, Congresswoman of the squad uh, this is a Democrat 13th District of Michigan, basically like the Detroit area. She's been in Congress since 2019. And here she is. She was speaking to a Palestinian conference this week. And take a listen to the kind of swipes that she made against Israel, our greatest ally, clearly, in the Middle East. Take a listen.
11: I want you all to know that among progressives it has become clear that you cannot claim to hold progressive values yet back Israel's apartheid government. And we will continue to push back and not accept this idea that you are progressive, progressive, except for full any
2: longer. Wow. That is stunning. Israel right now has Iran looking over their shoulder, planning this nuclear development that's clearly underway there And they are worried about everything that's going on. And then now we have an American member of Congress who's calling Israel the apartheid government. And basically, you're not a true progressive in the American Congress. You know, you're not a, a true Democratic progressive like her and other members of the squad, everybody. If you have any basically support for Israel, calling them an apartheid government. Boy, that is a horrible, horrible thing. Of course, it harkens everything with Nelson Mandela and all the racism, all the horrible things that happened in South Africa. And here she is again saying a little bit more of it. She didn't stop there. I I don't believe there's a pathway. I mean, somebody can show me how.
11: uh, But I don't think there's a pathway for two-state with uh, the apartheid system that
2: is happening in Israel right now. Wow. Wow. I mean, this to me is stunning. It's so distasteful that now even some Democrats are just scolding her publicly. And I'm really happy to see that. I'm happy that there's some. But what do you think should happen to a member of Congress, an American member of Congress, who is saying this kind of rhetoric? This is what I would expect uh, from somebody maybe who's part of the Libyan government or the Syrian government, but not necessarily our government. I think she should be censured. There should be some sort of, like, a repercussion. Maybe you kick her off some committee. If she does it again, you kick her off a different committee. I mean, there needs to be some sort of procedural thing that happens as a result of this kind of rhetoric. You can't have an American going around saying, you know, this distasteful, racist government in Israel. That just emboldens, because you know what's happening? They're playing that over and over again in Iran and everywhere around the world. They're like, look. Even Americans think they're horrible. They're going to use it for propaganda left and right. The American Congress, look at Rashida Tlaib, American Congresswoman. She even says that Israel's an apartheid, disgusting government in her words, you know. Essentially, I'm paraphrasing. But they're going to use that and say, yeah, great. Everybody, you know how we're building up our nuclear arsenal? Keep going. Because even America questions our neighbor Israel. That's how big of a I mean, this to me is so disastrous and it's so distasteful. This is what Kellyanne Conway said earlier today. Of course, she was the woman who led the effort to help President Trump get elected. And she said this is just shocking and this is really dangerous for international security. It's not just Jewish voters. I
11: think all of us, Catholic voters, Christian voters, honestly, atheist voters should be appalled that you have one of 435 members of Congress representing a country of 335 million of us, John, who is so outwardly anti-Semitic and who is challenging the entire body and her party and U.S. policy, frankly, um, to go against our best friend in the region, Israel. And at a time, John, when a nuclear capable Iran is salivating, looking at our best friend in the cases in the region, Israel.
2: And then Kellyanne Conway also said this is just so dangerous from these sort of members of the squad, which is sort of par for the course with this group.
11: I'd like to ask all of you and go down the list, because, again, you all have agreed to doing this. Please answer with a simple yes or no. Does your bank have a policy against funding new oil and gas products? Mr. Diamond.
5: Absolutely not, and that would be the road to hell for America.
11: Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Sir, you know what? Everybody that got relief from student loans has a bank account with your bank should probably take out their account and close their account. The fact that you're not even there to help relieve many of the folks that are in debt, extreme debt, because of student loan debt, and you're out there criticizing
2: That is Rashida Tlaib, by the way. And that was another thing that they're just going crazy about. This is Rashida Tlaib, Democrat, going after J.P. Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon, who just couldn't believe that she was attacking him because she said, why is your bank doing anything tied to funding fossil fuels? Does your bank have a policy policy? against funding new oil and gas products. I want to play that again because this is an American member of Congress who's saying apartheid Israel and basically no corporate donor, nobody who's in a corporate status in America should have anything to do with oil and gas. And she was just so nasty about it. Take a listen.
11: I'd like to ask all of you and go down the list because, again, you all have agreed to doing this. Please answer with a simple yes or no. Does your bank have a policy against funding new oil and gas products? Mr. Diamond.
5: Absolutely not, and that would be the road to hell for America.
11: Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Sir, you know what? Everybody that got relief from student loans has a bank account with your bank should probably re- re- take out their account and close their account. The fact that you're not even there to help relieve many of the
2: folks that are in debt, extreme debt because of student loan debt, and you're out there criticizing it. That is unbelievable. Like, everybody basically pull out of J.P. Morgan, don't have anything to do with J.P. Morgan if they have anything to do with fossil fuels in America. I mean, that kind of, like, nasty, like, style, it's not even like, hey, we're working to look at clean energy. Are you doing anything? And um what do you, uh, you know, are you thinking of a transition, you know, even if it's something like that? Uh, Even if I don't agree with that, at least that tone is more appropriate. She's like scolding him for having anything to do and basically saying everybody don't have anything to do with that bank. And any bank that has anything to do with fossil fuels, you're like basically the scum of the earth. I mean, this to me is shocking. Absolutely shocking. Uh, I thought Jamie Dimon, by the way, again, he's the J.P. Morgan CEO. Uh, You know, he basically said absolutely not. Um, you know, she said, you know, does your bank have a policy of funding new oil and gas products? And he said, absolutely not. That would be the road to hell for America. This is a businessman who's like, what are you talking about? And then she basically said everybody should close their account from that bank. That's what she says publicly. Imagine what she says privately. <laughs> God help us. one 800 848 one 848 Two. Two. Let's go to Steve in New Jersey. Line four. Steve, your thoughts.
9: Oh, yeah. Hi. I don't know where to begin, but this this woman, she's a nut job, and she's radical and she's wrong and she doesn't know anything about Israel. And she just got she just hates uh, Israel. She hates America. Look at her uh, bedfellows anyway. They all hate America, traditionalism, et cetera. So this is where she's coming from. But the only problem here, amongst others, is that Joe Biden said of her. Oh, he's proud of her. He said that. Uh, uh, in some uh, prior situation where she was amongst the crowd, anyway, where's where where is she? Where's Talib? Uh, I'm proud of her. Yes, so, you you're right. Realize,
2: you're right. He you did.
9: Joe Biden is a nut job also. Okay, he's a nut job. He's criminal and he's dangerous. And you see what's happened to America in his in his uh, 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 existence in one and a half years. So give me a break. This guy is ruining this country. And he's uh, happy about it, it seems like it.
2: Well, you know what it is? It's exactly these policies that we hear from Rashida Tlaib, because it's that same mindset of like, how dare you have anything to do with fossil fuels um, that that's guiding. A lot of Biden is clearly listening to some of them, or at least they're putting them in his ear um, because he's clearly here. He goes before the U.N., as we were talking about the last hour, and he talks about Russia a little bit, but then he talks about. You know, clean energy, this, that, that. Clearly somebody's saying you better get out there and start talking about electric cars. Don't worry about Putin. Worry about how many, you know, uh, how much wind is blowing on the windmills. You know, I mean, it's it's scary stuff, Steve.
9: Yeah, well, look, he's radical. Um, You know, uh, Obama was radical but cloaked in a veneer of, uh, you know, a normalcy. But this guy is clearly radical and he's unveiled as such. And this is who the the uh, Democrats are voting for these radical nut jobs who want to really just totally change this country anyway from its foundations just rip it apart.
2: And that is a big shame because we're the greatest country in the world and Absolutely. and to, and all I think about Steve and I was saying this too is that I think about how much other people out there are watching this. You know, you're in Iran and you're in some of these other countries and suddenly they play that, you know, clip of her saying that they think, gosh, maybe everybody in America thinks like that. You and I know that that's not the case, but
9: yeah, you know, these people are unhinged. The they they are, they're not dealing with reality. They're dealing with some kind of utopian thought, some idea that just will not exist because they're just it's just, just just impossible.
2: And, but it's totally but you know utopian. you know what, Steve? Though I don't mind ideas, even if I don't agree with them. What I what I don't like is this, like, sort of nasty and this mud Absolutely. Slinging.
9: Well, you could see it. Th- that's what it's all about. These people are nasty, and they're going to cut you down uh, and will not stop at anything because they think that they are so righteous when they are really just so wrong and idiotic.
2: Yeah, I agree on so many levels. Steve, thank you very much. Let's go to Tom online, too. Tom, your thoughts about uh, Rashida Tlaib, the squad member, who just, it's like over and over again, my gosh.
10: Well, a lot of my thoughts tonight were, when I was a kid, having to go through all those air raids, you know. Uh, Where was that,
2: Tom? Where was that?
10: Long Island. Oh, we wow. Air raids. Wow. In school. Remember, uh, that guy, Norm, mentioned duck and cover. Yeah. what that was about. I remember the building code being changed to to accommodate fallout shelters in case the Russians, you know, nuked us. So. uh I'm going to feel depressed.
2: <laughs> yeah, oh no. You know, you know it what? Was, the the good news is there's a lot of good people. We've heard from a lot of them tonight, uh, like you, listener. Tom. Yeah.
10: Those are, those are your listeners, but the, the the Democrats are just, you know, evil. You know. I mean, uh, you, know, you know, I I can't figure, you know, having grown up and been exposed to uh when i worked in the farmer's market uh, of 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 jews who had been who had tattoos and who had been uh in the holocaust and now i have to listen to this woman not from this country who's got her own agenda and she really hates jews what what is that how does that happen
2: yeah, it's shocking to me. Absolutely shocking to me. And by the way, um, Tom, you reminded me because I put up something on Twitter earlier today. Um, and, um, and I want to give um, just a shout out um, because somebody who, who was one of the greatest Americans that I've ever met um, of Polish descent, Ed Mosberg, um, he was um, in the Holocaust. His family was wiped out by the Nazis. Um, and he continued to fight until his last breath. He passed away last night. And I post, yeah. I put up a picture, 96 years old. And this was one of those guys who just was one of the finest human beings who spoke about injustices. He did the March of the Living every year, um, there in Auschwitz, uh, to bring attention to make sure that the world never, ever forgot what happened. And, well, um, yeah.
10: I, I don't know. I can't figure what her problem is.
2: Yeah, yeah no, you you're, right, about, you're right. You're know, right. It's like it's disgusting. No, it's disgusting because
10: I mean that whole squad is just is just a you know I you know it, it's it's a, they have their they ha, they each have their own agenda, and so does that Letitia James.
2: Yeah, well, you know, yeah, and that's a it's, whole it's, other thing, Tom. I I, no, I hear you on that. Thing,
10: but it, but it's all related uh, to them, uh, and they all just want to get into politics. They want to get into these positions of power. And exercise their own agenda. It's really depressing.
2: Well and it's and it's and, dangerous. And, it's, and, it's, and Tom, it's dangerous well, too, also, as we're talking about, you know, somebody making the kind of comments that she just calling Israel an apartheid government. Um I you know, people are allowed to say whatever they'd like, but I really believe if you're a member of Congress, you should be representing America. And clearly, Israel has been a great ally of the United States. It's an important relationship with that we have. And for her to be out there saying this kind of stuff right now at such a tenuous time, as we're worried again about Iran, you brought up about Russia, too. I mean, there's just, you know, it's a really dangerous time in the world. And you got this woman just out there saying, you know, oh, they're apartheid, they're this, and shaming people like you're not a progressive Democrat, basically, if you support israel you know i mean that that's like uh, i mean that's like outrageous i i'm sitting there going wait 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 you represent america i mean i think there needs to be some sort of censure or sanction or some sort of you know procedural thing that's like okay we are going to give her you know a kind con- of verbal condemnation you know or kick her off something because you can't just allow somebody who wants to represent america you have to have them say god we can't undermine us at every turn how does that represent our country? We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. one 800
1: This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
2: Well, we are talking about Rashida Talib, who's calling Israel an apartheid government. And this is an the only sort of disparaging comment we've heard from members of the squad who could forget this comment from Ilhan Omar a few years ago talking about nine eleven? Listen to the way she described what we thought was one of the worst days in the world, if not one of the absolute worst, you know, ever. And this is she's like, oh, it, it was one of these events. Somebody did something. Take a listen.
13: Care was founded after 9-11 because they recognized that some people did something and that all of us were starting to lose access to our civil liberties.
2: Somebody did something, and that's why we're being inconvenient. Some people that are terrorists basically slammed planes into our buildings and and tried to attack America and brutally did, claiming almost 3,000 lives. That's a lot more than somebody did something. I mean, to me, the fact that she diminished it and this, like, oh, apartheid government, uh, it's like uh, these people need to understand this is a great country. And it's important that you appreciate the values of America. And it's a lot more than somebody did something. Uh, let's go to Chris. Line two. Chris, your thoughts about this?
10: Hi, Rita. How are you? Um, yeah. Uh, t- uh, regarding the comments, I-, I just don't understand. There's four people in the squad they have that much influence i I just don't understand you know why
2: you know why they do they do because uh they're loud they're vocal uh they seem to have a stranglehold on you know on a lot of policy because you hear biden like parroting some of the words not what we just heard from milhan omar but other stuff um and they have you know they're they're boisterous and they're big on social media. So, you know, suddenly, you know, Omar says something. And, you know, she puts out a video of it and stands out in front of the steps and pounds her fist. And the next thing you know, Biden's parroting at least some of the things she says.
12: Well, I don't
10: understand why the Jewish people don't. The, the, the Chuck Schumer's the uh, I mean, there's so many. I can just why do they not speak up? Why? I, I don't understand.
2: Well, by the way, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, um, Jewish in Florida, right. a Democrat, she did actually come right. out and condemn Rashida Tlaib to her credit. Um, but you're right. There's a lot of members of Congress, Jewish and, and non-Jewish. Everybody should come out and condemn it. I think a lot of the Democrats are afraid of them. They're afraid that they're going to alienate that base. And that's why they keep kind of coddling them. And they just, they're afraid to censure her. They're afraid to like go after them and say, this is not appropriate for an American member of Congress.
1: The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.